Welcome back to Podcast Launchpad. I'm Kelly. Unless your podcast is a passion project that you're just doing for fun on the side, I am guessing that you want to make money with your show. Today's guest is going to share several ways for you to do just that. Sarah St. John is an entrepreneur, podcaster, author, animal lover, and world traveler. She has created several startups throughout her entrepreneurial career of over a decade. Through her books, blog, and podcast called The Frugalpreneur, her goal is to show people how to launch and manage an online business on a budget. Welcome, Sarah. I am so happy to have you here today. Well, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Oh, thank you. So I think we first met in one of Pod Pro's Pod Talks events. Is that correct? Well, I mean, I know we met in person at PodFest. Right. But right. I the Pod Pros thing, I don't know if that was before or after. Before, but I feel like yeah, it was we before. met online first. Okay, yeah, yeah because before I think Podfest. when I met you in person, your name definitely sounded familiar, and yeah, so yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, <laughs> so it has been a while since Podfest, but you know, I like to talk about it all the time and try to get listeners to go. And the next one is oh my gosh, it's only like. Six months, six months away, away. six okay. and a half months away. Yeah. So do you remember like what your biggest takeaway from PodFest was? Yeah. I mean, I just love connecting with like meeting people in person that I've been talking with online yeah. and then meeting new people that I had n never knew before hearing about their podcasts. And then like we both did the, how do you pronounce it? Pecha Kucha talks. Yeah. And I like that um, because, like, then you get to hear, like, 30 different speakers in a short yes. period of time, like three hours. Yeah. And that was pretty interesting. I had never, before that, I had never even heard of that or knew mm -hmm. that that was a thing. Yeah. So that was pretty cool, too, to hear other people's stories and, yeah. and things like that. But Yeah, that was yeah. very cool. Yeah, and same thing with me. I just loved meeting people, I, you know, like new people or finally getting to meet in person people whom I knew online or I had interviewed on my show or whose shows I had been on. Oh my goodness. All right. So we are here to talk about podcast monetization, such a hot topic. I mean, people who use their podcast to support their business, it's like, you know, of course we want to make money with our shows, whether it's getting clients or like ads and sponsorships and things like that. And I think most of the time people immediately think of sponsorships when they think of monetizing their, their show. So should we just talk about that first and sort of get it out of the way, if you will, <laughs> since that does tend to be what people think about getting sponsors? Yeah, that's typically what I talk about first, because that's kind of what people go to. And if you're a huge podcast, you know, getting 10,000 downloads an episode or more, then it might make sense, at least going the traditional CPA or seat. 
I think it's CPA <laughs> route where it's like per an impression, but for the average size podcaster, the only thing, okay, this is what I've done. And the only way I would really consider it is if there's say a particular software or course or something that really makes sense for your audience that you think that they would get value in, you know, reach out directly to that company or that person and try to arrange something that way where maybe they pay you a set amount per episode mm-hmm. versus per download or per thousand downloads. And that's what I've done for a few episodes. And and it ends up coming out to be, it's still not much per episode, but having that flat rate is still for a smaller podcast, still more um, lucrative, I guess, than Mm -hmm. the typical model. Plus like with the, you know, kind of standard model, especially if it's like dynamic, you don't always know or can't control what kind of ads are popping up and it might be totally irrelevant to your audience and irritate them. Right. So I just feel like it's not worth bothering with unless you can, talk directly to the company and kind of come up with your own deal, basically. I agree, like going the sort of traditional route or the most common way now, which is getting in on like the groups or networks that help you get ads, Mm -hmm. but you have no control over what ads those are. Mm -hmm. And like you said, they could be totally irrelevant to your podcast or to your listeners. It could be something that you don't like, like an ad for something you actively don't like, or that you're like, what on earth is this? Yeah. Like the Casper mattress ads and the (laughs) home delivery meal kits. It's like, yeah, (laughs) no problem with those, but that's not for my show. Right. Exactly. Yeah. If I have ads on my show, for, and we'll get into this more, but I want the ads to be my own mm-hmm. or for a product or service that I have used and really believe in mm-hmm. and that is going to be directly relevant to my listeners. Yeah, exactly. I had actually heard an example of I guess there was some podcast for alcoholics, like to recover from alcoholism. And there was an ad that was dynamically, you know, placed mm-hmm. that was for some type of alcohol. Oh my God. So there's an example of it, not just being irrelevant, but being yeah. like hurt, uh, um, harmful. Yeah. Harmful, troublesome. Yeah. yeah. Contradictory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To the message, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I heard of something. I don't remember if this was exactly it, but I, th- if I remember correctly, the podcast had something to do with being earthy or something on a budget, you know, something along those lines. You know, down to earth, budget conscious, eco conscious, and they had ads that were just automatically placed. And there ended up being an ad for a luxury car, like a Porsche or something like that. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> and why would the and the company, you know, Porsche had no control over it either. Mm-hmm. It's some middle person who did. Mm-hmm. Why would those people 
do that. Mm-hmm. It's know? like they're not even paying attention to what podcast it's going into. Right. <laughs> Just so silly. Those listeners, first of all, are going to n- not care at all about that the ad at best. Mm-hmm. And at worst, they're going to end up turning off the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a mess. At one platform that I use and recommend is called Podcorn. I don't know if you've Ooh. used it. So usually I reach out directly to, to companies, but yeah. that's the only one I found that I will use in addition. And basically it's like certain companies will have an ad campaign, certain dollar amount, certain dates that they want this ad run and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And they'll be considered sponsorship opportunities and it'll let you know when there's new ones. And if it makes no sense or isn't a good fit, you just say not a good fit. And then if it is, you can do a proposal like saying, and you set your own rates, like how much per episode. And if it's pre mid post roll, how much it, you know, you can change the prices depending Cool. Um, you can say what date you could run it. And then there's like, you could even interview the person and that be mm. considered. So it could be more content based than like an ad. So it's, I've, I've gotten two sponsorships through there. So it's not so far. It hasn't been worked that well, but mm. I like having, I like to check on it and see. Yeah. 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 So, I like partnerships. Mm. What do you think of that? So I currently have a partnership with StreamYard where Mm. we're recording right now. (laughs) And it is, you know, no, we don't have a contract. I mean, we do, but I can get out of it. Mm. And So I, you know, in exchange for my using the platform, I promote them periodically, but I mean, like a certain amount, but it's not a crazy amount. Mm -hmm. And I, part of getting the partnership with them is that I already promote products and services just here and there that I love whether I'm even an affiliate or not. Mm-hmm. So I don't just mention, you know, affiliate partners. I'll mention anything that I like. Mm-hmm. And so I've done resource episodes. I'll just mention, you know, in a podcast, by the way, try out this, blah, blah, blah. Even if I have no way to benefit from it directly. Mm-hmm. And so with StreamYard, I love it. I use it. I have the partnership with them. And so I'm thrilled to share about them, mm-hmm. you know, and they have no control over my podcast. You know, we have this agreement and, you know, I, I promote them and I get stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's not an affiliate partnership, then you just get like free access to StreamYard, that kind of thing. Right. Though I also am an affiliate. Mm -hmm. So there's both of that going on. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I like it when, I don't know if double dip is the right word, because that usually has negative connotation, but but I like when 
like, for example, the sponsors I did get, some of them did have affiliate programs and they let me use that link. So if someone purchased, then, okay, I'm getting paid for the sponsorship. And, but yeah, partnerships, I think I haven't done a whole lot of those with the podcast. I have done it with, so I have this other, I'm redoing it. So the site isn't actually up at the time of this recording, but podcast resource directory.com. Nice. That has different resources related to podcasting. And I was able to work out, I guess like a partnership or a deal where with certain like Squadcast, for example, as one example, mm-hmm. like where I have them prominently displayed as a featured software for podcasters in exchange for a free plan, you know, stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I'm not getting paid, but I'm at right. least saving money by not having to pay for it. Right. So yes. that's, those are the ways that I've done partnerships so far. Yeah. And they Um, add up, Yeah, you know, doing partnerships like that because you can have more than one. Oh yeah. And they really add up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I did, I was able to do captivate for a while, repurpose.io. Like there's probably about a handful at least of software programs that I use that I was able to work this. So, you know, I'm saving like probably a hundred bucks a month Mm -hmm. on software. So Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think being creative in like the different ways that you can, even if it's not getting paid directly, mm-hmm. like a sponsorship, but either getting paid on the back end, like an affiliate, if someone were to purchase the product, or the partnership where maybe you never get paid, but at least maybe you get something free that right. you would normally pay for, and now you're not having to pay for it. So there's that. Yeah, so I love that approach as well. Mm-hmm. And so then, you know, we've brought up affiliate marketing. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So for like people who don't know what that is, that's basically most software programs definitely have one. Um, A lot of people who have courses will have them. And it's basically you get a unique link and you can either create a pretty link where it's easier to say because the links are just right terrible all these numbers and letters and whatever <laughs> so you could create a pretty link like mywebsite.com forward slash name of product mm-hmm. and then it links to that ugly link yeah <laughs> and then if someone purchases something through that link within a certain time frame sometimes or in perpetuity know, sometimes yeah then you would get a usually a percentage mm-hmm. sometimes a flat dollar amount just depending on that sale so it's, it's almost like a sponsorship, but you're getting paid on the back end and only if someone purchases where a sponsorship, they're paying you regardless mm-hmm. and they might not even get anything out of it. Right. But, you know. But so I, when you're a, a smaller show, the sponsorships aren't going to pay very much. Right. And Whereas, you, you can then potentially make more Uh, with affiliate marketing, Mm -hmm. depending on how much that affiliate program pays Mm -hmm. and how many people end up buying through your affiliate links. Right. Yeah. I mean, because some of, if it's a software, for example, there's usually a monthly fee and a lot of times you get paid every month that that person has 
been with that company. So yeah. it could actually be more lucrative in a way than a sponsorship. Yeah. yeah. And I have in the past even done my own ads for some affiliate programs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the host red ads. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've come up with little ads. One affiliate program that I'm with, HoneyBook, now I'm at a certain affiliate level with them. So at that level, they allow us to say, this podcast is brought to you by HoneyBook. Now with most affiliate programs, you can't say that, Mm -hmm. you know, because that implies that they're endorsing your show. Mm-hmm. But at this level with HoneyBook, I am allowed to say that. Okay. And it, even though it's an affiliate program, mm-hmm. so they're not sponsoring my show, but they pay out at that level very nicely. And so okay. I have run host red ads for them before. Yeah, I didn't, I haven't come across um, something like that. I mean, I do the, or I'll do like an episode, a five minute episode on a particular software that I use mm-hmm. and then, you know, use my affiliate link within that. Yeah. Um, but I don't say like this podcast is sponsored by or right. anything like that because right. it's actually not. It's exactly. just, <laughs> yeah. right. right. All these different, I mean, yeah. I don't know if that's an FTC thing. I know that like, if, it is an affiliate link. You're supposed to disclaim that somewhere. So I definitely do right. like online on my right on the website at least. Yeah, and, and yeah, then- yeah. I don't know that it's illegal to say blah blah blah. You know, th- this episode is sponsored by this podcast sponsored by, but the company could definitely mm, come after yeah. you with a cease and desist. That's true. Yeah, yeah. and so I don't say sponsored by. HoneyBook, mm-hmm. I would or say. Or even brought to you. Well, brought, for well and you should, right, because they give, have given me permission to mm-hmm. say is brought to you by. Not okay, sponsored yeah. by, brought to you by. Mm-hmm. But so for y'all listening, don't do that unless you have permission from that affiliate program to mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. Now, I had heard that, was it Jenna Kutcher years mm-hmm. ago? Mm-hmm. I think she was promoting one of the food delivery companies. Mm. And I think she, and it wasn't even an affiliate program. I think that I, someone told me this, that she was saying this show is brought to you by whatever company or sponsored by whatever company, but her podcast was already fairly big and growing quickly. And when they heard about it, they ended up sponsoring her. Oh, well, I guess that's the one time where it right, it worked, worked out. out. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I think in most cases it wouldn't go that way. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And so and it wasn't even an affiliate thing. So she's just no. like talking about it just because she likes it. And yeah, I don't reason. think it was an affiliate thing. I don't no. know because I I didn't look into it. I was told this. Mm-hmm. And but so yeah, she was just promoting it, and I think with the idea that hopefully they would end up sponsoring, and it it worked. Oh no! Apparently, I was told this. I don't have firsthand knowledge. Mm-hmm. So wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't recommend because I wouldn't want to get a cease and desist letter. 
Mm-hmm. You know, that one option would be, so like when I reached out to companies, it was via email and all text and everything. But one option that kind of makes me think is record a host read ad, like as an example, mm-hmm. don't actually put it in your podcast yet. Right. And then send it to them and be like, this is the ad I came up with. Mm-hmm. Would you be interested in me actually putting it in my podcast? And if so, this is how much I charge or what would be a good amount, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's of a course great that idea. requires extra work and you yeah, might not, but, but it's but not it could be worth though. it. Right. Yeah. We already record podcasts on the regular. Right. So, so what's another two minute thing or exactly. I mean, yeah, seconds. we have to write it and everything and then, you know, do a quick little bit of editing, but it's not that much extra work. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. That's a great idea. And then they might be more, actually hearing it, they might be more likely to say yes than you just typing up something right. saying, hey, this is my podcast. Right. Go take a listen at my show. Mm-hmm. But instead, hey, take a listen to my ad. Here are a few stats about my show. And here is a link to a particularly good episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give yeah. them a, a specific episode to listen to. So I just like thought of that and I think I'm going to start doing that now. Awesome. That's great. (laughs) It's awesome what we can come up with when we're chatting with a fellow podcast. Yeah, exactly. That's Uh, great. Very cool. All right. So what other ways to monetize can you share with us? Yeah. So we've talked about sponsorships, partnerships, affiliate marketing. And all these are called, quote, direct ways to monetize. And I don't like that they're called direct because to me, these are indirect, you know? Yeah. I think maybe they refer to it as direct because it's making money to like, it's, it's your show bringing money in for the show. So maybe that's why they're called direct. Right. And what I like to do is use my show mm-hmm. to attract clients. Yeah. So that was going to be my next thing is like, if you have a product or a service uh, using your show, like you said, as a way to, to, for exposure, to get people to know, like, and trust you to either become a client, a customer, uh, a user, whatever, depending mm-hmm. on what your thing is. So I think, you know, I feel like every business, it would be beneficial to have a podcast yeah, as a way to get out there and people to learn about you. And um, even if it's like a software program, I know a lot of software programs have their own podcast even, mm-hmm. uh, but definitely coaches, consultants, yeah. um, any of that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. If you are like information-based at all, then you can totally have a podcast as a marketing tool for your business. Mm -hmm. So yeah, coaches, especially even speakers, Mm -hmm. because most speakers are talking about more than one topic. Mm -hmm. And even the one topic they're talking about, there's more within that topic than just their one key speech, you know, that they can go into. So and authors. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I feel like we're kind of getting to a point where it's almost expected to have a podcast mm-hmm. if you have a business. Because like even Wendy's has a podcast. 
at least last I knew. So if like a fast food joint feels like they should have a podcast, then yes. <laughs> yes. And, but you know, then I've, I see online, you know, people Googling and even commenting on, Oh, everyone has a podcast now. It's, it's oversaturated. No, it is not. There may be 4 million some odd podcasts available on Spotify and or Apple, but how many are actually active? Only around 400,000 mm-hmm. are active, meaning regularly producing and publishing new episodes. That is nothing. Look at how many blogs are out there. Way, way, way more than there are findable podcasts Mm -hmm. and an astounding number more than active podcasts. The podcast industry is not even nearing saturation, not even nearing. Exactly. Yeah. People always come up with that excuse to not start one, but it's like, you know, and I haven't looked at the latest statistics, but I did do kind of a presentation back in, I don't know, 2020, 2021. And at that time, I think there were like 2 million podcasts, but again, only about 10%, kind of like you were talking about, is actually really active, frequently releasing episodes compared to at that time, two, three years ago, there were like 600 million blogs, which was like significantly more. Um, And then even like YouTube channels, it was kind of, yeah. Crazy. Yes. And yet people will start like new business, new entrepreneurs will start a blog automatically, Mm -hmm. automatically because entrepreneur blog, entrepreneur blog. It's just assumed that you have to have a blog. And then you bring up podcasts and like, oh, there are too many podcasts. What? (laughs) But you just started a blog. How do you Mm. think your blog is going to get found? Mm -hmm. I mean, yes. So there's lots of text. So it's easy as not easy. SEO makes sense with text. Mm -hmm. SEO can't yet crawl audio. Mm -hmm. There are plenty of ways around that. Plenty. Like show notes, for example, transcripts. Exactly. Titles. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Podcast description, the podcast title. Right. So I guess that's um, not quite on topic, but I'll just say while we're on that, that like, it it is important to have a website first and foremost. And it is important to have show notes at minimum, if not almost like a, yeah. and, And transcript. And if not, maybe a very extensive show notes with that's almost like a blog or article, but yeah. So do that at minimum. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Then you can definitely have good SEO. And then if you do video with your podcast and put it on YouTube, that makes you even more findable because the vast majority of people search on Google and Google owns or alphabet Oh, you know, which owns Google, uh, owns YouTube. And so Google loves YouTube. So if you Mm -hmm. have your podcast on YouTube and someone search, someone searches for a topic related to your podcast, your video podcast has a good chance of showing up. 
Right. So like what I do and I, and I assume you do is record the podcast in a video format. Mm-hmm. Like you're using StreamYard, I use uh, Squadcast. There's others out there, Zoom, Riverside, mm-hmm. whatever. And then there was, you know, kind of a back a year ago, I would say maybe more. Everyone was saying, "Oh no, don't put your podcast on YouTube." <laughs> But supposedly, it's the number one way that people actually listen to podcasts. So, yeah, put your video on YouTube. The person might not even watch the video; they might just listen to the audio, right? And then you can also take little clips from it, create YouTube Shorts, Instagram Reels, TikToks, whatever. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, even if it's just a solo episode or your podcast is all solo episodes, just throw the camera on mm-hmm. because then you don't have to create separate reels later mm-hmm. and people prefer reels or, or video in general over a static image. You do not want to promote your podcast with just episode cover art. That just right. people scroll on by, um, you know, like on Instagram, scroll on by. Carousels are better mm-hmm. than just a single static image, but people really do prefer video. Yeah. So audiograms were kind of a thing for a yeah. minute where it's like a static image, your cover art, or maybe some other image with the, you know, transcript, transcript yeah. and a, like a waveform. But video does, you still should have the transcript with it right. in case they're not watching it with the sound on because yeah. they're at work or something. But yeah, definitely video over an audiogram. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. And I know that that can feel like a lot of pressure, but yeah, you get, you get used to it. Mm-hmm. And there are ways I talk about ways and I don't have the episode in front of me because we hadn't planned on talking about this, but I'll put it in the show notes then if I remember. Uh, there are ways to set up your screen or your monitor to look at your notes or your script to make it look like you're looking at the viewer. Oh, yeah. I actually just did an, uh, bought something on AppSumo mm-hmm. called Big View. Ooh. Big VU, not, yeah, that's okay. how it's spelled. Uh, and it's like that. And I haven't used it yet. But my plan is to start doing like TikToks and stuff where I do kind of have a script mm-hmm. to some degree. So this is like aside from my podcast, but like I would, but you could use it for podcasting too mm-hmm. if it's a solo episode or something. Yeah. You know, you have a script that goes along and so it, you're looking at the camera practically. Yeah. Um, and so it doesn't look as much like you're reading something. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I share my little trick in a couple of episodes and Mm -hmm. where it's very rudimentary, but I create sort of a, a human controlled teleprompter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right beneath the camera. And uh, yeah, it works. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There are ways. All right. Monetization. Any other ways you want to, you want to add that could help people? Another way, but I don't recommend this unless you're like a big show that has a big fan base is merch. True. I mean, I created merch for my show and nobody has bought it. And Mm -hmm. I I mean, people don't, 
unless you're a big show, I don't think it really makes a whole lot of sense. So I don't even really recommend that route anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and even if it did, I mean, you're making what, like five bucks, maybe per right. Month? It's not yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so now, products are, oh, go ahead. Now what about donations? Oh, yeah, donations. So, I, this is one I haven't really tried. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do have a pod inbox. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with that? No. Uh, uh, well, it's like, I guess it's like a mix between a Patreon or a buy me a coffee okay. mixed with SpeakPipe. Kind of. Okay, yeah. So people can leave like messages or even chats, but they can also donate or they can actually buy like a 30 minute Zoom session with you and mm-hmm. different things like that. So I have that set up, but so far I haven't really, I don't promote it much. And mm-hmm. it's like in the show notes, basically. Is okay. It? Yeah. And then I, you just mentioned Patreon. Yeah. So that would be a platform for donations um, or subscriptions. Oh, that's true. Yeah, subscriptions as well. Where like maybe every episode they get some extra thirty minutes of audio, or mm-hmm. where every month they get mm-hmm. you know something. So there's donations and subscriptions. That's one platform. Buy me a coffee. Yeah, you. I think you can still do donations with PayPal, even. Yeah, I yeah. Think. I'm not sure because I haven't done that either, but. Yeah, subscriptions and Patreon isn't the only platform you can use right. for subscriptions, but you like, can even you can go directly through Apple now for oh yeah memberships or subscriptions. So sorry if you're on Android, but right. I'm an Apple person, as you yeah, all know. <laughs> yeah. My listeners know that. But yes, you can sell. You can have a podcast that is purely subscription based, so a membership podcast. Or you could have through like Patreon or something like that, a subscription where you still put out free episodes, but then your subscribers get, like you were saying, extra audio or a whole other, uh, you know, a private special episode once a month, once a week, a couple times a month, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, just these bonus things from you. Yeah, and there's also something called Hello Audio, mm. which is, I, I think that's for a specific, like, you could have an entirely different feed that's mm. just paid for, I think, what, is it Supercast that also does that? I think so. And then there was one other thing I thought of. Oh, so some of the hosting platforms like Buzzsprout, Captivate, maybe others now just recently added yeah. the ability to do donations and memberships or subscriptions. Yeah. So that's something I should play with. I kind of feel like it works for some podcasts and not others. I almost feel like a business podcast that wouldn't be as. Yeah. Be, whereas like a, uh, a fan type of podcast yes. or like a, a hobby or passion mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. I agree because mm-hmm. like if you're a business-based podcast, then you want to be sharing. This is my perspective. Anyway, you want to be sharing lots of free information 
in order to get clients who want to work with you or join your program, high ticket program, or, you know, get a low, low ticket item as well, you know, whatever level they're at, because they're going to see all of this free information that you're giving away and realize, oh my gosh, she's that generous with her information. I've got to see what else she's got. Mm-hmm. And I'd be willing to pay for that. Yeah. So you, you, as a business podcast, you want clients and customers, not really donations because right. it, it just, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense in that context. Yeah. If you're like a 501 C three or mm-hmm. organization, maybe it would make sense in that situation. Yeah. But, but yeah, especially if you're a hobby podcast and you're just having fun mm-hmm. and you're not monetizing it really any other way, Right. then, you know, I think people are more likely to pay five bucks here or there or whatever amount to right. keep the show going, basically. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that is awesome. I think we've covered quite a few options here and given listeners an idea of what would work best at whatever level of business and podcasting they're at Mm -hmm. at this moment. So tell us a little bit about your podcast right now, The Frugalpreneur. Yeah. So that podcast I've been doing for four years now. Mm. And it's basically talking about like different ways to make money online, how to start a business, but on a budget like I, I have some solo episodes where I'll talk about a particular software, but most of them are interviews with, you know, someone that's an expert in their field, whether it's podcasting or blogging or affiliate marketing or mm. drop shipping or whatever way they are making money. And then I have other episodes where it's like people talking about going from a hundred bucks Mm-hmm. to bootstrapping to seven and eight figures, you know, wow. so it's, it all kind of has to do with that. And then the website for that is frugal.show. Okay. And from there, you can like pick whether you listen on Apple or Spotify or wherever. So awesome. Oh, that's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. All right. And in your work, what exactly do you do? Whom do you work with? And how can listeners find you if they're interested in working with you? Yeah. So a couple of things, all podcast related. I recently launched a company called thepodplanet.com. And that's, you know, podcast production, marketing, all that. And then podlab.pro is even newer. And that's podcast education. There's a lot of courses out there that cover all kinds of stuff within podcasting, but they're expensive. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to create like these bite sized you know, 15, 30, 60 minute courses on one topic or one software or one whatever and charge like nine to 49 bucks. Wow. So that's what that is. So those are the main ways that I help people. I'm also working on something else, but it's not launched yet. So awesome. All right. Well, people can go find you and be updated whenever that launches. (laughs) And speaking of launching, you just launched a brand new podcast, Mm -hmm. didn't 
you want to tell us a little about that? Yeah, sure. So, and you know, it's funny because a lot of podcasters have more than one podcast. <laughs> Don't but <we>? I, but <laughs> I only have podcasters. Yeah, active. Do. Yeah, but I had only had Frugalpreneur for the longest time. Well, I had created some kind of sub podcast because I. Like I had several episodes within Frugalpreneur that was just about self-publishing and several that was just about podcasting. So then I made like a separate one where I just pulled those episodes Mm -hmm. and they're authorpreneur and podcastpreneur. But I don't really count those as extra podcasts because it's Mm -hmm. taking content. It's just repurposing it. So I started a second podcast finally. And this one is called Lesby Honest, L-E-S-B-I Honest. Candid convos with later in life lesbians. That's fabulous. I <laughs> love it. So yeah, the, there's a whole story there, which I talk about in the podcast. So if you want to hear about it, uh, so the website for that is lesbianest.show. So nice. frugal.show and lesbianest.show. Fabulous. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited about that. Congratulations. <laughs> thank oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, wonderful. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Sarah. This has been awesome. And you and I know that we've had to reschedule a few times. And I'm so glad that it finally worked out for us to get together. Yeah, me too. And maybe, you know, because had we done it however long ago, I wouldn't have had this new podcast at that time and stuff. So maybe it worked out the way it was supposed to. True. Yes, very true. All right. Well, thank you again. And thank y'all so much for being here today. Be sure to follow the show so you don't miss a single episode. And I will see you next time on Podcast Launchpad.